Heritage Media. If you have an investment property or are thinking about getting into one, you may want to tune into this little chat that I'm about to have with Sophie from BMT Tax Depreciation Quality Surveyors. After interest, tax depreciation for property investors is the biggest deduction there is, and here to guide you through it is Sophie. Welcome to our pod studio. Hi, Carly. It's Sophie. How are you? I'm well, Sophie. How are you? Good, good. Thank you. And how you're in Newcastle, obviously? Yeah, yep. So I'm in a Newcastle office, which is um, it's a bit drizzly here. It rained this morning, but it seems to be all right at the moment. So okay. fingers crossed. Yeah, and so rain. do you live in that area? Yeah, yeah. So I live in um, Lake Macquarie area. Oh, beautiful. So thanks again in advance for doing this. It's it's going to be. I'm actually really excited because I'm just about to embark on buying an investment property. Oh. Congratulations. Well, well, it is, but there's so many hoops I've got to jump through yet. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, when I'm on realestate.com, my it's like, what's that uh, champagne taste on a beer budget? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I totally feel that. <laughs> so, um, so I guess the first question I want to ask you, which is a really nice, easy one, is what is tax depreciation? Yeah, so tax depreciation is the wear and tear of a property and its assets over time. So when we think of depreciation as an example, um, a good one to use would be a hot water system. So every time, you know, a tenant um, that is washing their hands, taking a shower, having a bath, doing the dishes, whatever that may be, the wear and tear on that hot water system is occurring every single time, just bit by bit. And eventually that asset is going to need to be replaced. So the investor of the property is able to claim the wear and tear of those assets and the building structure itself as a tax deduction, but obviously they need a tax depreciation schedule to be able to actually do that. Okay. So who can claim it? Anyone with an investment property? Yeah, essentially. So residential properties are probably the biggest um, area that we do it. However, we do have an entire commercial specialist department. So we can do um, depreciation schedules for residential and commercial investors and also business owners. So in a commercial space, you generally will have an owner and a tenant. But the tenant, if they've paid for the fit out of the property, for an example, it might be a you know, a hairdresser salon and it might have just been a small shelf and they've done a whole fit out on the building. Well, they can actually claim a lot of the fit out through tax appreciation as well. So anyone that's um, involved in, in a investment property scenario is worthwhile inquiring about. Okay. So just going back to that, if the hairdresser is leasing the property and they've done a complete fit out, if I'm the landlord, can I claim depreciation on their fit out? Uh, you can't claim it on their fit out. You can do anything that you paid for. So if you um, touched up the, the flooring and the air conditioning and the lighting, um, then yes, you can claim on that. You can claim on any of the base structure. Uh, but it comes back to what you own. So if the tenants own the fit out, then that's what they can claim on. If you fitted it out purpose-built as a hairdresser salon and then just had a hairdresser come in and start working from day one, yes, you could. It depends on what, what you actually own and what you have done to the property yourself. Okay, so going back to real estate, um, what are the obvious things that I can claim and what are some of the more obscure things that people just would have no idea that they can claim on? Oh, it's a great question because we do find people that are really quite surprised by the things that you are able to benefit from. Um, the obvious things, you know, walls, doors, windows, roofing, um, floor coverings, kitchen appliances, 
you know, the structure of the building and just the general assets, kitchen appliances are a pretty common one that pops into mind for people. Some of the more um, obscure or not so known about assets are things like um, letter boxes, council garbage bins, um, you know, it might be soap holders in the shower, digital peepholes, things like that, things that are really, um, I guess, obscure and, and unusual for you to really think about the value of. So even it, it can come down to toilet seat covers. It can come down to the number of lights and smoke alarms in the property as well as obviously the obviously, you know, the obvious structural things. So when you when I'm thinking about depreciation, I'll just go back to the hot water system. Understandably, if my investment property, the hot water system goes and I go and spend, I don't know, $1,800 on a new one, I can yep. claim that. But each year the, it, it goes down in value. So it might be a small amount, but it all adds up. Is that Exactly right. Yeah, absolutely correct. So every year that digital show of that hot water system or that appliance um, or asset is going to reduce in value and that difference of what you pay versus the value that it currently is, is where the depreciation comes from. So every bit of wear and tear at that, um, you know, a lot of people sort of think, oh, you know, I've only done a few renovations or I've only done this and that, but it does add up over a number of years when, when it comes to depreciation over the life of that asset or property. Yeah, okay. And how is it calculated? Is it, and if you take something like your hot water system, is it is there a calculation involved in the back end? There definitely is. So um, eligible capital works, so we're talking structural components here or refer to the capital works part of depreciation. Um, and any capital works are set at a rate of 2.5% every year over 40 years. Then you break it down into the plant and equipment, which is your more tangible assets that are more easily replaced than the building itself. Mm -hmm. So this is where it gets a little bit more complicated because each asset under plant and equipment actually has its own individual effective life set by the ATO. Mm -hmm. So carpet is over eight years, a dishwasher is over four years, etc. So every asset is um, going to be a little bit different to the other. I guess the, the basic way to remember it is that the building or anything structural or capital work is a fixed rate of 2.5% and any asset is an individual item that is calculated individually. Yeah, okay. And this is obviously why, why people need a schedule. Absolutely. This is why people need to go with a quantity surveyor and not just an accountant. Um, it does make a big difference in the depreciation you find as to who you actually get to do this report. Okay, and if I've got a pre an investment property in, say, New South Wales, and I've also got one in Victoria, is it different state to state with what can be claimed? No, so depreciation rules are applied at a national level, which is great. It makes it nice and consistent. There definitely is some um, different legislation uh, in different states that you know might impact you know the the rental property in general. So I know in Queensland, it is new legislation that every bedroom and living area must have a smoke alarm, whereas it's normally just one every living space and every entrance into a bedroom. Um, so in Queensland, there was some changes a few years ago in relation to fires. Um, but depreciation rules are applied on a nationwide, uh, sorry, a national a national level rather. So um, that shouldn't matter where the property is located. It makes it a little bit easier because not many things are. Everything's state to state, isn't it? <laughs> That's right. Exactly. <laughs> And um, if I'm purchasing, purchasing an investment property, there's a lot of costs up front. Can any of that be used um, in tax depreciation? So my stamp duty, my interest, my insurance, conveyances, all that stuff. Yeah, good question. Look, if that the property, I guess it comes down to the asset itself. Is it a physical asset that is tangible that we can see, that we can touch, that we can feel? So fees, stamp duty, etc. It's not depreciable. Um, interest fees are definitely claimable through tax, um, but a lot of those other extra costs and bits and pieces, they can't be included as a depreciation asset. 
um, it's not a physical, tangible asset. So same thing like um, if we talk about land, some people call up and they might say that they've got a block of land that they're planning to build a rental property on. We can't put land as a depreciable asset. You know, land is one of those things and some of these fees, they all, they're all sort of dependent on the location, on the slope, on, you know, the type of property. All of those things are variable. Um, and they're not physical assets that go down in value. So unfortunately, things like stamp duty costs, insurance costs, conveyance fees, that's not depreciable because it's not a physical asset that we can value. Mm-hmm. And if I'm coming to you to put a depreciation schedule together, is this something I do way before my taxes are due and set it up or is this something that can be done quite quickly? Look, it is best to come to us before doing your taxes. Um, a lot of the time, or generally speaking, we do need to do a full inspection of the property. Um, so it also is, you know, about allowing time for us to reach out to your tenants and arranging a suitable inspection date. So that's something to consider. Um, we prepare schedules all year round and we prepare them for your accountant to use at tax time. So it's not necessarily something that needs to be done at a certain date or time. Obviously, sooner the better because the reports are a once-off process and fee. So if you were to get it done, you know, straight up when you purchase the property, it means you're going to be covered forever. Um, whereas if you start leaving it a number of years after settlement and things just come up and you get distracted and you may not remember to have one organised, well, that can start impacting how much you're actually going to be able to backdate and claim for. The ATO uh, allows investors to back claim for two previous tax returns that have been submitted. But you might be completely up to date with your returns and you might have had a property for five years and you just totally forgot to get this done. Well, that means you're going to be missing out on the first handful of years, which happen to be the biggest for the depreciation you know, deductions there. And obviously it's a specialised area. So you're saying you would do it and set it up for my accountant. So can you do other taxes as well? Or this is really something that you do this and then you can work in conjunction with my accountant for absolutely the second part yeah certainly so we don't do anything other than tax depreciation schedules that is the only component that we specialize in this quantity surveillance Mm -hmm. Um, accountants are definitely the professionals in the tax realm and we're definitely the professionals in the quantity surveying realm for tax depreciation reports yep okay and what if i purchase a really old home and i go about fixing it up does that count or is there a cap on an age limit of a house yeah, look, generally speaking, the, the age restrictions on a property come into play around 1987. So any property that is newer than 1987 for a construction date, um, there is going to be depreciation available and applicable to the building structure, so the capital works allowance. In saying that, properties that are pre-87 are still going to be depreciable in the sense of renovations, updates you know, changes, extensions, whatever it might be. We deal with properties all the time on a daily basis and they might be, you know, 50 years old but we've had some extensive renovations or we've had an an extra level added to the property. It's now two-storey or whatever the case may be. Those situations are definitely still valuable in asking if there's depreciation applicable to you. Um, Obviously, every property is a little bit case by case but generally speaking, we want to look for, you know, the age of the structure as well as any updates to the building as well. Okay, so, you know, if you were to buy something sort of in the, I don't know, in the back of Glebe and it's, you know, a 103-year-old home, does that um, does that change things a lot? Only on the type of renovation. So the age will only play a factor if it's newer than 87. So that's where we will see a change on the depreciation in terms of the structural component. 
if it's a property, it might be even a heritage listed property, or as you say, you know, a hundred years old. Um, generally speaking, there's going to be a several amount of updates that would have been completed on the property. Uh, any structural updates that have been done post 1992 are claimable. So you might purchase this property today, and it was updated in the year 2000. Even though you didn't do those updates yourself, you're still able to claim the depreciation on those capital improvements by previous owners. So, yeah, it does, it does get a little bit complicated, but there's certainly still value in having the questions asked. A lot of those older properties from, you know, the 1800s or 1900s are really done quite well and to a really high standard. So it's going to mean quite significant depreciation deductions, even though the building itself is well and truly out of date for yeah. deductions. Okay. And another question, if let's just say there's two duplexes side by side, exact same mm-hmm. age, Couple A buys one and Airbnb's and B's it. The other couple just rent theirs out. Does this mm-hmm. make a massive difference at tax time with wear and tear as having just say one family living in a home day in, day out, another one being turned over so quickly through say like an Airbnb? Does that make a massive difference? It doesn't. It does depend on the circumstance. So in an Airbnb situation, there's a few things we need to cater in or factor for. One being, is it fully furnished? And obviously all Airbnb's are gonna be fully furnished. So if furniture is brand new and it's purchased new to go into the property um, for the purpose of rental, then that's all claimable. And furniture, if it's um, depending on obviously the cost of it, whether it's Kmart or fantastic furniture, obviously that's going to play an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but but furniture, brand new furniture can really make a difference and boost the depreciation deduction in the first handful of years. So that's one thing to consider. The other thing is going to be um, is the property used as a full Airbnb every day of the year. Or is it something that, um, you know, the owners rent half the house out or, and that, that, you know, they might live in one bedroom and lease the other two bedrooms, or it might be that it's, you know, Airbnb for six months of every year, then that's obviously going to make a difference in how much depreciation is available. So if it's just rented all year round or if it's available for rent all year round, then that's excellent. That's the best case scenario. Um, but, you know, depreciation is going to be calculated on a pro rata basis if that's not going to be the case. Yeah, which again, why it comes back to the schedule because no two scenarios are the same. Absolutely. Yeah, Okay. And you've answered a question I was going to ask, which was um, <laughs> if I am investing, inv- sorry, if I am purchasing the investment property, um, I've got three years to claim. I can backtrack three, or two, no, two years, sorry. Yeah, it is. Yeah, two previous financial years you can backdate to amend tax returns for. Um, in saying that, it's not necessarily the be all and end all. There are situations where your accountant and yourself could apply for you know, a special consideration from the ATO. Um, it's not something that we like to really guarantee because it is very case by case. And most of the time, um, I know there has to be really special circumstances for that to go through. Uh, but there's always a chance that that could be extended. But the general rule of thumb is you can backdate for two years. Anything beyond that is going to be missed. So that's why we generally encourage, um, you know, investors to get this done around settlement date just so that it's done, it's dusted, and they can sort of just keep it in the background working for them. Okay. And you mentioned you do come out and have a look at the property before you put the schedule together. Do you then look at it every year or it's just one look, set up the schedule and then we go from there? So the inspection is a once-off inspection. So it's not something that we ever have to come out and inspect again. Once we see it the first time, that's all that we're going to need. So uh, people often say, look, what if I do some renovations? Well, it depends on all those work that are done, really. If it's just some cosmetic changes or it might be that you've put in some new carpets and some new kitchen appliances, we're not going to need to re-inspect that. 
if the property was gutted and new walls are put up and it was totally rebuilt, then that's probably going to need a whole new schedule done. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's a really uncommon circumstance in terms of an update to a report. Generally, it is just the first inspection to make sure we're not missing anything for you and any updates we can just add on and manually adjust the report for you. Okay. And if people are like me and they turn up to get their tax done every year with a shoebox full of receipts that have half faded, <laughs> do do people need a binder full of receipts or like tax, is there an X amount you can claim before you not need to start seeing receipts? Look, um, again, it is a little bit case by case. We do need proof of renovations just to ensure that we can claim them, you know, compliantly. In saying that, if you don't have exact cost, you might not have all of your receipts from a renovation. We are able to do, um, you know, an estimation on that. As registered and qualified quantity surveyors, our company is able, and we're actually the only um, body that is legally able to recognise and estimate construction costs for depreciation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that also comes into play with renovations by previous owners. So you might purchase the property that's been done up by someone else. You're not going to know all the costs and the ins and outs of what was done and how much was spent. So that's, again, why, you know, a quantity surveyor is always required so that we can estimate what the cost would have been at a market value for the time period it was done for. Um, if you've got cost and receipts and it is something and we need to ask you that and if you do provide the information then legally we must use what you give us. If it's something you don't have um, you know, information on then we can organise that all for you. Okay and do you have your quantity surveyors within your company or do you just use local ones in the particular area where you're looking at? With BMT, everybody from myself, our side inspectors to our quality assurance team is employed through our business. So that is one unique thing about BMT. We don't outsource any of our work, which means that our quantity surveyors are employees of our firm and they work in our offices every day. So it really is a one-stop shop. Absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And I guess the other point to note on that is that it does make us completely ATO compliant because we're not outsourcing and everything is done under the one roof in the one building and by the one company. Then obviously, if you were to be audited by the ATO, then it's not going between, you know, a, a local quantity surveyor or, a, you know, a local inspector and then the company is doing the report differently. It's all done together. So it means that we can back you up 100% if that was an, ever, an, you know, an issue that happened to come up for you. Yeah, okay. And the... Investment property, if it is a unit or an apartment, and then obviously there's a lot of body corporate and common areas. So if, I don't know, the whole thing, you get all new verandas, for example, and and body corporate pays for that and I have to chip in for that, is that something we can also put in as depreciation? Yeah, absolutely. So you definitely are able to claim depreciation on common common property and assets as well. The amount that you claim depends on the ownership um, that you actually hold over the property. So... For example, um, it might be that it might be determined that you own 10% of an apartment complex if there's 10 units. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the common assets um, there might be you know some treadmills in the shared gym area or something along those lines. Um, you know, those those assets might add up to say five grand. Your ownership is 10% of that, so you're going to get $500 back from the common areas. It depends on the circumstance. Yeah, but it definitely adds up. And a lot of people don't realise that common assets can make a huge difference. We have clients that might call up and say, you know, I just own a small studio apartment and I don't really know if it's beneficial. But that that property might be within a building complex that might have, you know, two basement car parks and a pool area and a gym. And all of those assets absolutely add up as well as, you know, the hallways, the lifts, the smoke alarms in all of the common areas. All of those assets can add up to quite significant depreciation deductions. And we actually find them, you know, several thousand dollars every year, even though it might be a small unit complex or a small um, unit that they actually hold. Yep. So it absolutely pays to come in and get a schedule done and get you guys. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
And what about the depreciation and how does that affect capital gains when I come to sell because it is an investment property? Yeah, look, it definitely, um, capital gains tax and depreciation, it's, it's quite a complex topic. We always recommend that you speak with your accountant. There definitely can be some impacts. Essentially, the depreciation can impact the property's cost base, which does play a part in the amount of CGT that's payable. But the benefits that uh, depreciation provides throughout the property ownership, it generally far outweighs the impacts that it could have anyway. So 99% of the time, it's really not going to play too much of an impact, but it is something that we recommend to, to speak to your accountant about as they are going to know more specific details about your situation. Okay. And obviously, there's a lot of terms and jargons that, that you or words that you use and our accountant will use. Can I just take a step back and give you my accountant's number and then you guys just work it out? Or does this something I have to be quite instrumental in talking no, to? No, absolutely we're able to liaise directly with your accountant. So every report that we produce, we offer to send a copy straight through to the accountant on the client's behalf as well. So it's not something that they have to juggle back and forth and communicate with several different people about. We um, deal with over 30,000 accountants across the entire country. So we're quite familiar with um, most of the accountants in the game in Australia. So we're able to pick up their details in that database and just send them a copy of the report. So they'll be in the loop just as much as anyone else. Okay, and being from Newcastle, you are our local tax depreciation specialist here on the Central Coast. You don't have an office yep. down here? No, so the closest offices are Sydney and Newcastle to the Central Coast. And and you're in the um you're in the Newcastle office. So if people yeah, want to get in touch, right. um you obviously deal with a lot of investment properties on the Central Coast. You understand the areas really well. Yeah, absolutely. Look, we're we're in the Central Coast probably every every other day, if not every other week. So it's certainly an area that we are very, very familiar with. Yeah, because I think it's when you are dealing with this, it can be quite stressful. And when you've got someone who understands your area and the suburb you're talking about and understands even just landmarks, it's quite quite reassuring. It is. It makes a difference and it's a lot more comforting to know that you're dealing with someone that's familiar. Yeah. And uh, speaking of the Central Coast, Sophie, where do you like to um, visit when you leave the beautiful shores of Newcastle? Oh, look, when I'm around the Central Coast, I really love coming down to the entrance um, on a weekend and just hanging out at the markets and grabbing a bite to eat at one of the beautiful cafes. There's a beautiful lookout that you guys have to offer. So I really quite like that area of the coast. That's um, something that I try and do and treat myself every every now and again, which is always really lovely. Yeah, nice. And you've got some fantastic markets up there, actually. I was I was there not too long ago. <laughs> You've got some great I know, we do here. have plenty to offer, but it's always nice to, you know, get out of, you know, the, the normal suburb that you're in and, and just to try and explore and have a bit of time out, which is always nice as well. Nice. Thank you so much for talking to us today. It was um, it was really, really insightful. It was incredible because there's so many questions and I had never even thought of half of the things that you had brought up today. So, so yeah, beautiful. Look, not a problem at all. Always happy to help. But yeah, we um, we always appreciate a good chance to explain things. And if there are any questions that do come up, always give a, a call or an email. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting to us today, Sophie. We'll we'll talk to you soon. Great. Thanks so much. Have a great day, Carly. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Sophie's been working for BMT for four years as a depreciation specialist in the business development department in the Newcastle office. And hopefully this little crash course has answered some of your questions. If you want to know more about what Sophie does or need help with your own investment property, all the links will be in the show notes. Don't forget our heritage drops every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcast. And it was produced, mixed and mastered by Kieran Christie, hosted by me, Carly Eldridge, and brought to you by Heritage Media. Bye for now. Heritage Media.